house always wins. Play long enough, you never change the stakes. The house takes you. Unless, when that perfect hand comes along, you bet big, and then you take the house. I've been practicing this because a little bit that I rush. It felt like I rushed. That was good. I liked it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Big Easy Bets podcast. I'm your host, Logan, and with me in the studio, Nick Von Brick. Yo. What's on the ones and twos? Joseph Ascani. Happy New Year. This is episode 178. Happy New Year, indeed. 2024 is here. The national championship is also here. Episode 178 is going to be our national championship breakdown, as well as NFL Week 18. Before we get to that, we will recap things that have happened over the past week, as well as a gauntlet of bowl games that we all came out on the other side, not in the negative, believe it or not. Um, again, hit subscribe, Spotify, Apple podcast, YouTube, everywhere. It helps us out very quick. Nothing means nothing to you means everything to us very quick. Just hit the button. Just do it. Just hit the button. Um, how did you ring in your, your new year, 2024? Um, I guess it's good. What? What? (laughs) (laughs) I said, how did you ring in your new year, 2024? And you said, I guess it's good. Yeah. What did you think I said? I don't know. I didn't do much. Went to a party, popped fireworks, got drunk, and then went home and went to sleep. The usual. (laughs) What did you think I just said? How's the start to 2000? I don't know. I don't know what that ringing shit means. How did you ring? (laughs) 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 Like, yeah, like, how did you you celebrate? What about you, Joseph? What would y'all do? Uh, We went to a party as well. Same one as him? Got drunk, went home. <laughs> no. Y'all were there together? Y'all just no. ignored each other? Nah, different one. It was fun, though. It was cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, What do we do? Nothing. Stay here. Yeah. Breeze hates fireworks. I was about um, to say, was he freaking out? And then, yeah. And then, obviously, Lindsay's not up to doing much currently. Yeah. Um, No, we took it easy, but New Year's Day was fun, which obviously we'll get to that. Mm. So, a couple things have happened since we last recorded. Um. The Saints got another win, and the Saints are on the doorstep of the playoffs, potentially. Saints win, and the Bucks lose. We win the division. If the Saints win in the Seahawks, is it the Seahawks or? And. Or and, both have to lose. Mm-hmm. Who is it? Seahawks and two three-point favorite teams. Packers. Seahawks and Packers. If both of them lose and the Saints win, they will be in the playoffs. Cardinals and Bears are playing them? Yes. Yeah. I think the Packers, yeah, it's a divisional game for the Packers, and then the Seahawks are on the road against a uh, a frisky Arizona Cardinals team that just beat the fraudulent Philadelphia Eagles. That'll probably be what happens. You think? We won't win the division. Yeah. Because I bet on us to win the division. <laughs> yeah, so we will get to all of that. Uh, it was a wild a wild week of games. Like I said, a an absolute gauntlet of bowl games that we came out the other side. Um Stronger than before we went in, believe it or not. Last year's bowl season was a fucking train wreck, but this year was a different case. So a couple things have happened since then. Obviously, we will get to the full recap of all the games, specifically Texas-Washington and then um, Michigan and Alabama, which was an all-time game. Couple things. Madhouse is fired. D.C. for uh, LSU. LSU fans can rejoice. The horrific LSU defense can't get any worse, and we're going to have a new regime coming in to call the plays on that side of the ball. They look like absolute shit against Wisconsin. That actually was a huge game for me because I live bet LSU money line when we went down 14 nothing. We were on the first half. Obviously, that was our play on the podcast. Stood no chance immediately. But uh, Garrett Nussmeyer. Yeah, do, you, get do the job y'all done. believe me now? <laughs> what do you mean, y'all? First start. You're not talking to us, right? Everybody. Yeah. I said Nussmeier is better than Nick's. Uh, and then yeah. I got laughed at. But you said he was better than Daniels, too. Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One year ago. <laughs> <laughs> He's better than last year's Daniels. You think? Yeah. Last year, Nussmeier is better than last year's Daniels? Or this year's Nussmeier? Because that's not how it works. This year's Nussmeier is better than <laughs> last year's Daniels. I've never seen anybody like Daniels. Daniels made a tremendous year. leap in six months. He did. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
I think he was pretty good last year, too. Uh, he beat Alabama. Yeah. He was good. He wasn't as good as he was this year. I think it was – I think a lot of people stepped up. Neighbors and Brian Thomas obviously stepped up, and, and he had some first-round weapons to throw the ball to. Um, but, yeah, no, Nussmeyer's good. Yeah, you're not selling me on that. I wasn't – we weren't – it's not like we were sitting over here like Nussmeyer sucks. No. What? <laughs> Do you <laughs> – you disagree? What? You think we were over here saying Nussmeyer wasn't good? Uh, what I got mean? laughed at when I said he was better than Nix. Uh, yeah, you might have. I said Bo Nix will be third string. Well, you bet up against Bo Nix this last week. Yeah, I did. He lit it up. Okay. He <laughs> threw for 370 yards and five touchdowns. Not as many as Nussmeyer. <laughs> not as many yards as Nussmeyer. Yeah, but... <laughs> against a real football team, not a, a fake football team. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I look, I think Nussmeyer, the footwork's there, the fundamentals are there. He can make all the throws. Um, it The lack of mobility worries me a little bit, though. I feel like the way the game is now, like we've evolved so fast to like you need a dynamic runner. So... Not necessarily, because you look at Burrow, but Burrow was like... I think he can move a little bit, but yeah, I mean, there was a clear... Yeah, I could be selling him short a little bit. I mean, we're used to Daniels, who's one of the most prolific runners at quarterback ever. Yeah, like that final touchdown to win the game, in my head, I'm like, if this is Daniels, it's a done deal, because you're doing RPO, he's keeping it, he's making the linebacker miss, and it's a touchdown. But Joe Burrow is a similar style to Nussmeyer, but Joe Burrow's pocket awareness was fucking the best I've ever seen. Like, his ability to maneuver the pocket, but also just, like, the clock in the back of his head, like, it's time to go. And somebody's coming, about to fucking get him from behind. And just his ability to get out of danger. But it's been such a small sample size of Nussmeyer. That's what, that's what, I'm not an anti-Nussmeyer guy. But, yeah, the, the Bo <laughs> Nix did have a fucking incredible season. He did, but watch Nussmeyer. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, I was on LSU. I live bet L- If I thought M- Nussmeyer was trash, I wouldn't have live bet LSU. For everything I fucking had. Um, Lions, Cowboys, another officiating controversy. Yeah. What are, you, what are your thoughts? You saw it? Um. Yeah. Any takeaways? I don't know. I mean, I'm not like, I don't feel too bad for him. Okay. Is that because of what happened to us? Yeah, I, I guess I'm part of it, but I mean, yeah, it was... It was kind of a cluster thing where you have a bunch of guys going to the the official should have spent more time with them, I think. But so you don't think it's bullshit? I think it's bullshit. I hate the officials. So yeah, I mean, like you think it was an honest mistake by Brad Allen? I don't know how the the, the um, process usually goes. I imagine there was two guys reporting eligible, right? Mm, no one ever technically said. 68 and 70, right? Yeah, Decker reported eligible. 70 walked over there, but... But there was three guys over there. Yeah. To me, it looked like 70 had to have been screaming at the ref because the ref's attention turned to him running at him. Because 68 was already over there with him. But if you look, they zoomed in the video. So for those that don't know, the Cowboys and Lions played. The Lions went on a crazy final drive. And then, of course, Dan Campbell, being who he is, decides he's going to go for two. They draw up the Taylor Deckers eligible offensive lineman, like play action, throw it back over to the lineman, and it worked. And then they called an eligible illegal touching or an eligible player down. I think it was illegal touching. So then the controversy began because there's video where Decker, one, golf grabs Decker and says, like, go over there to go tell him that you're the eligible receiver. And then you can see Brad Allen. They zoom it in. He looks directly at Decker and, and nods his head. Uh-huh. Looks him straight in his face and goes, okay, and then walks over to the defense. I don't see how – like, if they both said it and that's against the rules, then he goes, hold on, only one. Who is it? Like, you clarify right there. But a 1,000%, he said that Decker did not, did not register as eligible, which is such a lie. He definitely yeah. tried to. He, they look straight in the, in the fucking face. He can say he did not, but the truth would be is that he didn't hear him or he lost attention to him because but, you could see him go over there and tell him that 
I'm reporting. I mean, yeah. I'm, I made a video earlier. The NFL has an officiating problem. What I have a problem with is that it was good. Detroit was up by a point with 20-whatever seconds left, and then it's like fucking 20-some seconds later, they yeah. huddling up. It's like... You're talking about the delayed, like... Yeah, do you know if he yes. reported eligible or yes. not? Like, it's something you should know like that. Yeah, no, it, and it was true. way after the fact that, like, people were celebrating. True. They had, like, videos of people celebrating, and then they're like, what the fuck is going on? Oh, yes. Like, it was well after. It was a good, at least, like you said, 20, at least. So, maybe, maybe longer. Yeah. Longer. The, the, the NFL has a clear-cut officiating problem. The ultimate admission of guilt, too, is that they're pulling this crew from the playoffs. They're pulling Brad Allen from the playoffs. And, and first, another thing, I have a fucking bone to pick with a couple of these morons on Twitter that were like, Saints fans that were like, oh, they doing it again. Y'all should have never let them be an officiating crew after what they did to the Saints. Motherfucker, it wasn't Brad Allen's crew. <laughs> it was Bill Vinovich, Todd Prukop, Pat Turner, and Gary Cavaletto. I know all four by fucking heart. I will never forget it. It wasn't Brad Allen's crew, though. Bill Vinovich immediately turned around and fucking ref the Super Bowl. So, the NFL doesn't give a fuck. You can't criticize the officials. They don't find them. They don't discipline them. It doesn't matter. There is no way, though. There is no way that if Decker goes over there and reports as eligible, that Brad Allen just, ooh, whoops, fucking mixed it up. I call bullshit. They didn't want the Cowboys to lose. I have a Cowboys 10-1 to ticket. So at the end of the day, it wasn't that bad for me, but it was still bullshit. I don't see how that's a oopsie. Like, that's a yeah. fucking, that's an intentional... I'm calling bullshit. They they want the Cowboys to fucking win. Mm-hmm. You're what are you? Like you're a Mr. Integrity guy now. You were the one who shunned. You swore off the NFL because it was rigged. Now you're like ah, it happens. Yeah. No honest mistake. Okay. So my next question. <laughs> so Dan Allen, uh, Dan Allen, Dan Campbell draws up the perfect two point play. They get it and then they don't. They now illegal touching back them up there at the seven yard line. Do you kick the extra point, or do you still go for two? Do you think he made a mistake? Yeah, he made a mistake. He made a huge mistake. Okay. I love why? his aggressiveness, but, dude. Well, why Why did he make a mistake? Because it's a lot harder to get now. I think that was an emotional decision, being pissed about oh, I'm sure. the call and trying to get it again. Okay, so then they get the offsides. Back to the two-and-a-half-yard line now. Do you go for it again, or do you kick the extra I mean, point? I think if you were going for it before, you got to go for it now. Yeah. That's what I said, because I was talking with people about it, and I see people on Twitter that were, like, up in arms that after all of that, he didn't just kick it. But if you're going to go from the two, and you were still going to go from the seven, and then you get a free another try from the two-and-a-half, why would you not go? Yeah. I felt like that was a no-brainer. If you were willing to go from the seven, I respect it. I respect the fucking balls to do it. And they draw they drew up the play. It was there. Golf just made a bad throw. Mm-hmm. On the third attempt, the in the flat, he was there. If he puts that ball on him, he falls back into the end zone. Yeah, I don't know. I thought that that was um you don't I get it. You don't uh, I, and like you said, I I respect it as well. You don't play the game to tie whatever. All that's great, but from the seven, it's totally different. You take the extra point, you go to overtime, hope you get the ball first. Look what your offense just did on that drive. You can easily go score a touchdown first and win the game that way. Yeah, but you're at the mercy of the coin toss. From, so, from the seven-yard line, to me, that's way different. Like you said, it doesn't matter. It's null and void because they got moved back up. But from the seven, I'm not even thinking about it. I'm kicking the extra point. Yeah, I feel like if it was a false start and they got pushed back five yards, they're kicking them. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, It It was a situation, Yeah, the emotion of it. Yeah, yeah, the emotions definitely fueled the decision because he knew they just got fucked. So he was like, we're figuring it out right here. We're not going. It's going to end here one way or the other. But I don't don't hate the decision. If you – he said, like, he preached preached to his guys, like, look, if we score, we're going for it. So, I mean, if he gets backed up fucking – if you get a holding on from the seven – or whatever. I, I mean, obviously, they would just fucking... Maybe they're holding, but they fucking get it. You back them up to the goddamn 17. You're still going to go for it? So, I don't know. I think um, it's an admission of guilt when they're like, okay, Brad Allen's now being removed from the playoffs. His crew is not going to ref a playoff game. Yeah. If he didn't do anything wrong, why, why is he getting punished? So, I don't know. It was interesting. But um, what else? It's pretty much... All I have. Anything else happened in between last episode till now? 
Um, not really. Fantasy playoffs came to uh, a bitter end. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. You won one league though. Mm-hmm. Takes luck. The Chiefs do have an offensive problem now. Are we all willing to admit? I think Mahomes is a problem now. What? What? Yeah. Are you being? I'm being dead serious. What do you mean? I think he's hesitant to throw it now. Because he doesn't have anybody to throw it to. I guess, or just the frustration. But if he had people to throw it to, he wouldn't be hesitant. Yeah, and then Kelsey's slow. It's like fucking. This team's done. Oh, dude. so you? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I've been fucking saying it forever. No, there was one instance though where like. It looked like Kelsey got behind the defense. There was a couple instances where he had guys open and he didn't throw it. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that was odd, but. It's Taylor Swift, dude. I said it. Nobody wanted to listen to me. Yeah. The Chiefs aren't winning the Super Bowl this year. They've been the favorite all year. Chiefs aren't winning the Super Bowl, and it's because of Taylor Swift. Yeah, that's interesting. They were able to run the ball enough to win last week, but against yeah, they the covered, Raiders, they, they really to struggled to uh they struggled to run. They covered so if the they spread. They can't though. run, dude. They're mm-hmm. no, yeah, they're they're fucked. Been saying it. You were you were blinded by. They're your still a team. good team, but you just said they're screwed. They're just not. They're not the same. Yeah, I no. thought it would eventually work itself out like last year. Yeah, I don't know. It is interesting. Uh, we're we're getting to the 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 good parts of the NFL season where we finally get to figure out what's going to happen. And uh, I'm sitting pretty with two futures tickets, either one, mainly obviously the Ravens, who look like the best team in football. Uh, 10 to 1 down to th- plus 350. And then the Cowboys, if the the Cowboys can still get the, they can still win the division. So, yeah. Um, either way, I got an AFC and an NFC ticket that I'm feeling good about. All right, let's get into the recap of all the bowl games last week. It was a lot of them. Uh, again, and we'll, we'll speed through this pretty quick. Um, we're not going to go too overboard with the recap, but the Texas state and rice game was going on as we were recording. So that rolled over and then Kansas UNLV rolled over to, uh, this previous week's records. Uh, rice got blown out of the water in the, in the second half. It was looking good up until it wasn't in the second half. They didn't score a point, got outscored 21 to nothing. They lost 45 to 21. Kansas, they tried to get us with that late-breaking news that Jalen Daniels was going to be out. Does not matter because Jason Bean goes for 450 yards, six touchdowns. Yes, he threw three picks, but six touchdowns. 12.5-point favorites. This line shrunk to six and a half, give or take. We had it at 12.5. Looked like it was dead in the water. They win by 13 points. So, got to love it. USC, plus seven. Miller Moss is making Caleb Williams look less impressive because Miller Moss went out and threw six touchdowns himself for 372 yards, and they obliterated Louisville, a team that uh, – were we all on USC? Yeah. 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 Uh, that that writing was on the wall, so uh, that one felt good. We got off to a very good start in mm-hmm. in, bowl se- in this week of bowl season, and um, it came to a pretty quick screeching halt, but Oklahoma State minus two, it, they, they held on. Uh, second half was – it was a tale of two halves for sure. We were on the fortunate side of A&M's quarterback getting hurt. Uh, so we covered Oklahoma State minus two. SMU-BC under 48. We got that as well. I'm, looks like I'm jumping over fucking games here. Um, I might be out of order on the board. No, you're not. But at least on ESPN I am. Um, so, yeah. Cash the under 48 there. Weather was in play like I thought. Rutgers, Miami, under 40 and a half. Uh, don't think it ever really had a chance. Um, Rutgers, you were on Rutgers. They went out right. Miami yeah. looked like trash. Um, NC State, Kansas State, under 48. This one got, got a little dicey there towards the end. Uh, Kansas State ends up taking a knee inside the five-yard line. Then it got a little interesting. Uh, Oklahoma, Arizona had the under 62 and Oklahoma plus three. We pushed on the total, 62. Oklahoma, this was a tale of turnovers because I think they had six turnovers in this one. At least one resulted in a score. I think maybe two. I think he might have thrown a pick six. There was an 87-yard fumble return that was the turning point in this game because Oklahoma was already up seven, I think. They were about to go up double digits and then complete turn. Oh, no, they might have even been up more. Let me see. Let me just pull it up just so, just so. Just so I know. Um, 
So it was 24 to 13. Oklahoma was up. And then they fumbled on Arizona, the 23-yard line of Arizona. So they're up 24 to 13, about to go in and score. You get a scoop and score. And then immediately next drive, uh, Oklahoma throws an interception. Arnold, not good. Not good. Um, but even that, I mean, just that that series right there, that was the difference. Oklahoma still in that first half looked like they were they weathered the storm in the beginning. It was looking they got outscored ten nothing in the first quarter, looked like they were gonna put it together and possibly pull away. Uh, but just unlucky turn of events there. Then we had Clemson minus four in the under forty six. So we followed up a nearly a double loser, a loser and a push with a double loser. Uh Oregon State plus six. Not good, but we did get the over um, because Notre Dame nearly got it themselves. Over 41, 48 points were scored in the game. Iowa State minus nine and a half. I kind of put this one on you a little bit, but what can you do? It's bowl season. I didn't feel good about either side. I trusted in my friends, and um, (laughs) Iowa State got fucking obliterated. Jesus. Mizzou plus one. A lot of people were talking. I sat right here. I said I wasn't going to fall for any of that bullshit. Marvin Harrison Jr., the reports that he was playing, didn't see the field, didn't touch it. Um, their quarterback, the number 33, was it Chase, whatever? Devin Brown. Devin Brown. He got hurt early and quickly made it apparent that Ohio State was not going to score any points in this game. So they scored three in the first quarter, didn't score a single point after that. But Ohio State's defense came to fucking play and – it took up until the fourth quarter for Mizzou to score any points. They went 14 to three Penn state minus three and a half. I'm out on Aller. I'm out. He He's not good. Um, uh, that's really all I got from there. And then Auburn minus seven. I'm out on Auburn. I haven't really been on Auburn at all this year, but uh, did not represent for the sec. I think uh tag of didn't even play the fucking backups better. And then Georgia minus 16 and a half. I feel bad for Florida State. I truly do. Um, this was also the writing was on the wall. A lot of people out. 63-3. to three. Looked like last year's national championship. Uh, 35 points in the second quarter for Georgia. An absolute obliteration. I bet more on this. It, when they announced the second wave of players were out, this line went to 23-and-a-half. I bet more on it. Uh, you couldn't. This is exactly like that LSU-Purdue spread we were talking about where you couldn't make it high enough. Uh, Wyoming minus 3-and-a-half. This pissed me the fuck off because – Wyoming was trying to score. Wyoming wins by one on a last-second field goal. The quarterback rolls out to the right on a designed run, puts his foot in the ground to cut up. He just would have had to make one guy fucking miss, and he would have made him miss. His foot slips out from under him, and he falls. They take the field goal for the win inside the five-yard line. So they were Wyoming was going to cover this number, uh, but it is what it is. LSU first half minus six and a half. Uh, never stood a chance. Oregon. Minus 16 and a half. Mr. Bo Nix that we were just talking about. 28 points scored in the second quarter. Uh, Liberty scored the first points in this game. A touchdown and then they missed an extra point. And then they didn't score another point after that and Oregon hung 45 on them. So I needed it. But Iowa, Tennessee over 36. The, The fucking turn of events that had to happen for this number not to hit was frustrating. Um... Tennessee scored 35 points by themselves. The uh, Nico Ayamaleva, everybody was kind of raving about him coming into this game. He's fucking good, dude. He's he didn't really wow you with his arm, but he's mobile. I don't know if you watched this game. He's gonna yeah, he's better than Joe Milton. Yeah. I don't know why he wasn't necessarily playing. Were they trying to preserve a red shirt? I don't think you can play in the bowl game and preserve a red shirt. Um why was he not starting? Yeah, I don't know. Well, he's. Good. I know he was. A, he's a freshman and he's a highly recruited player. But yeah, well, he he answered the bell. I would say, uh, like I said, didn't really do much with the arm, but did a lot with his feet. So, um, thirty-five point score for Tennessee. Iowa turned it over inside their five-yard line uh, at the very end. They were trying to score the ball. Tennessee was to cover the number. Uh, they put the third-string quarterback in, and I mean, I'm talking right there inside the five-yard line. Um, up until the very end. I was hoping they would have fucking kicked the field goal, but they did not. Um, And then the two big ones, so let's talk about it. The Rose Bowl, Alabama, Michigan, one of the better games, in my opinion, because we were on side and total. Um, I got a couple things 
Um, I mean, I mean, what are you? What are your main takeaways? Obviously. Um. Yeah, I mean, the main takeaway was that Michigan was able to run the ball down there at the end and, mm-hmm. and win the game. Yeah, kind of wore them down. And then their defense, I thought, played pretty good. Yeah, I special teams was nearly the difference in this game. Yeah, it was remarkable. Um, the complete polar opposite in terms of special teams execution. The punter for Alabama was incredible. I was like, every fucking time, I was like, dude, can he shank one? Every time he was flipping the field, the kicker hits two fifty-plus yard field goals. Mm-hmm. But then on Michigan's side, so Michigan comes out. And McCarthy tries to throw a pick on the first fucking play. I'm talking inches saves him from a pick. The guy's heel being on the white line. They punt the ball. They go three and out. Michigan comes out like gangbusters. Sacks Milrow two out of three attempts. Uh, three and out for Alabama. Punt it right back. Moron with the sun in his eyes comes running up, trying to catch it on the run. They muff the ball, give it right back to Alabama. They run it in. But then you've got a missed field goal. You've got a missed PAT because of a bad snap. But then almost the worst of it all was the second muff punt. They took out one dipshit to put in the second dipshit who muffs it, and it nearly goes into the end zone, which would have been a done deal. Like they were at the mercy of just which way the ball landed on the hop. And he manages to keep it out of the end zone but put it inside the one-yard line. It was a complete – I felt like Harbaugh got out coached, at least to start that third quarter. Yeah. Because Alabama completely changed the, the – they turned the tide so fast to start yeah, that. Yeah, there was no that one intended. drive um, with the bad snaps that really cost Alabama. That was to open the second half, I think. Yeah, they were moving the ball. They crossed yes. the 50, and then it was like back-to-back bad snaps. Yeah, and that was an issue that they've had – going on earlier in the year and then yeah even on the last play there it was a yes. low snap yeah and so that was going to be my next question what was what do you do you agree with that last play I, hindsight's twenty twenty. i understand but a quarterback draw up the middle i think they were trying to um do an rpo they sent the guy in motion so he was either going to throw it to that guy or run mm-hmm. and you think the snap just fucked it all up yeah I think and he just immediately put his yeah. head down and and then he hit his own lineman and yeah. tripped, like, fell. F- yeah. There, I mean, there was no hole there, but. Yeah. Dude on the right side got blown up. Mm-hmm. Blown up. That dude was going. What's Michigan's player? The guy who blew him up? Is that 94? Dude, he had a great game. Yeah. No, they have dogs on the defensive yeah, line. Do. That was what stood out to me the most was, I mean, they had five sacks in the first half. The pressure they were able to generate on Milrow, but also, too, dude, Milrow did not look good. Uh-uh. Like, not at all. His pocket awareness is fucking horrific. I understand there was a few where there was just literally nothing he could do, but there was a couple where it's like, tuck it and run. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? I'm glad he didn't. We were on Michigan, but tuck it and run. Um, so we were on, your, you and I at least, were, no, you were just on the over. Yeah. I was on Michigan. So I was on side and total. Michigan minus one and a half and the over 44 and a half. It took overtime. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Uh, but I texted you early in that third quarter or, or late in the third quarter. And I was like, Michigan, I was like, stop. Or no, I was like, field goal, touchdown, stop. And we need overtime. And then it almost felt inevitable. Like it almost felt like, okay, we're heading straight for overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, took a miraculous play, couple miraculous plays there down the stretch. But Michigan got the job done. I felt like this was one of those cases of, I mean, dude, Alabama's kind of shown us this. There's been times where Milrose, as I said, he left a lot to be desired with his arm multiple different times. There was times where he looked very good, don't get me wrong, but the consistency was not really there. But, I mean, you make an argument that McCarthy was fucking worse, at least in that first half. Um, I don't know. McCarthy did not impress me. I felt like this was a good opportunity for him to exercise some of the demons from last year's TCU game mm-hmm. with the multiple pick sixes and all that, and he did not exactly do that. Uh, but needless to say, we go to overtime core and put the team on his back. They get the stop. Uh, Michigan covers the side, and the total goes over. And then uh, we went on to – it was crazy because it was like 
there's still another game. Mm-hmm. I was tapped out after that. Yeah. Um, the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans, Texas, Washington. Washington dominated this game. At least I felt. And then next thing you know, Texas had a chance to win this game. Texas um, played about as poorly as they could. Ewers didn't look good. Michael Penix Jr. looked fantastic. Uh, they have guys on the outside, but Penix Jr. looked fantastic. But somehow Texas managed to hang around. I'm not entirely sure how. Run game. Yeah, but they kept fumbling. Yep. So, I, I mean, if they don't fumble, well, they fumbled twice. Oh, yeah. On critical drives where they were moving down the field. Yep. Um, Both running backs. Yeah, Baxter and the blue. That dude's good, though. He yes. fucking, dude, he was making people mess bad. Yeah, two fumbles. But they got dominated in time of possession. The muff punt for Washington was bad. That helped Texas out big time. Neither team did great uh, in terms of moving the chains on third down, but 532 yards of offense from Washington. That Texas secondary, dude, that was my question mark coming in. We knew they could stop the run. Um, I don't know. But then, okay, so late down the stretch, Washington nearly botched this so bad like as bad as it gets with with throwing it instead of running it and then when they do decide to run they should have just knelt it because you're not you know you're not really going anywhere they're selling out on run you might as well just kneel it dylan johnson gets hurt stops the clock texas goes from having what would have been 15 seconds to now they have 50 seconds to go the length of the field of course in college football it's much easier than the nfl they go the length of the field like it's nothing um and then texas finds themselves inside the 10 yard line with three opportunities but really, it was two because Sarkeesian calls a fucking halfback toss that went literally nowhere. It's all it did was take five seconds off the clock, and you go from having three plays, three opportunities at the end zone to now we only have two. And Quinn Ewers throws two fucking balls basically out of the back of the end zone. I don't understand. Like, did you have an issue with those plays? Um, yeah. I mean, the run. Understand. Bad call. Might be trying to catch them off guard with something like they're not ready for. That was fucking horrific. I don't think that was a run. What do you mean? He, Didn't he fake toss it and then screen it to him going outside? No, I thought he just tossed it to him. I thought he faked a toss. Right, maybe I'm misremembering. Um, it was a weird play either way. I thought it was just a shotgun snap to a halfback toss. Let's see. Um... I guess they counted it as a – they have it here as a pass, but was it a – Well, because that's what I remember is I remember it was weird. He lined up in shotgun, and then Blue is, like, behind him. He goes like this, fakes the toss, and then Blue starts running forward a little bit, and they do a screen yeah, outside, maybe, which was really weird. But it wasn't like – It was, was a terrible play call. But it mind. wasn't like they developed anything with blockers, though. No, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's why weird. I just equated it to a toss in my head, I guess, because yeah. it wasn't like – yeah. There was no, like, waiting for the play to develop. Right. Um, I thought that was a terrible play call. But then what are you you doing throwing it? He threw one out of the back of the end zone, and then he threw a jump ball that had no chance. He barely would have had a chance to get feet in if there wasn't a DB there. Yeah. Throw it over the fucking middle. Yeah, I hate, like, the Saints do that shit a lot, you know? Yeah, what are you playing safe for? It's win or go home. Yeah, throw it in there, dude. Put fucking Worthy on a slant route and try to time it right and let him make a contested catch. Mm-hmm. Or let Sanders. Him. Sanders was making some good catches. Like, yeah. He's so big. Like, lean it, on him over the middle. Except down the stretch when he wouldn't turn his fucking fat head around. And it's oh, like, yeah. who, who was it? Ewers? Was it Sanders? They were off. Yeah. They were off all game, though. Like, Ewers did not look good. Ewers did not impress. 24-43, 318 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't blown away at all. Um, Penix was clearly the superior quarterback in this game. Every time he dropped back, every every ball he threw was on the money. He was 29-38, 430 yards and two touchdowns. But needless to say, Washington uh, gets the job done. So we will look ahead. The national championship stage is set. You've got Michigan taking on Washington. Michigan is four-and-a-half point favorites. Yeah. Do you see a four anywhere? Well, I can check, but I don't think so. Okay. So, it's been a long grind, but we are here at the finish line now. This will be the final college football episode of the season. Um, And we'll see what we can do. Try to make some money on the way out. No matter what we do, no matter how bad we do, 
everybody's going to be above 500 at the end of this year. So that is a feat in itself. Um, so, yeah, Washington versus Michigan in the national championship, four-and-a-half-point favorites for Michigan. The total sits at 55-and-a-half. Does anybody feel good? Does anybody have a strong lean? Oh, wait, let's – sorry, let's do records real quick. I, we bypass that. Okay. I went 14-13 and 13 last week. Brings me to 86, 82, and 5. 7 and 12 in my locks of the week, but I did. I don't think I mentioned it. I think I've glossed over it. West Virginia minus 6.5 was my lock of the week. It was a no sweat winner. Um, you went 12 and 11. That brings you to 64, 61, and 3. 9 and 10 in your locks of the week. And then, Joseph, you went. I went 12 and 12, uh, bringing me to 55 and 49. 8 and 11 in my locks. Okay. So. We struggled in the locks, but everybody's in the green in terms of uh, overall overall picks. Um, so, again, try it again. Washington, Michigan, national championship, four and a half is the total in favor of Washington, in t- favor of Michigan, um, or is the spread, sorry, and the total's 55 and a half. Do you feel good? Um, Yeah. I'll let you go first. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll kind of talk our way through it. Um. Yeah, I'm going with Michigan. I mean, Penix looked good. I don't want to discount that. And he'll have to play equally as good this game if they want a chance to win or cover. But um, the big thing I'm worried about with Washington is I don't know if they're going to be able to stop Michigan from running the football. Texas had a lot of success other than the fumble. Six and a half, six, nearly six and a half yards per carry. Three rushing touchdowns. Um, Texas averaged 4.7 line yards per rush against Washington on the year. Washington's defense only stuffed 12% of opponents' runs, and they allow 3.7 line yards per rush. I just think, judging off the the defensive performance from Michigan last week, it was probably their one of their biggest offensive tests against Alabama uh, for the season. And the way they performed, I think the pass rush could bother Penix in this one, and then Michigan – the Russian attack, I think that allows them to pull away in this one. So I do feel good about Michigan minus four and a half points. Okay. Yeah, that's the way uh, I'm leaning as well. I would love it if we could get a four. I feel like we're going to record this, put it out, and then it'll immediately go to four. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, there's been no hardly any movement out of the spread and the total yeah. since it opened. This obviously, I'm a sucker for the underdog teams. We saw it last year, which was an all-time botching. I'm worried that I'm hoping it's exactly what happened last year, and this is just an outmatching of Michigan can just outclass Washington. I worry about it because they do have fucking quality wide receivers on the outside, um, and Penix is playing very well, but. What Michigan was able to do in the trenches against Alabama was not unforeseen. It's kind of that was the advantage I thought that they could have. And I feel like everybody just assumes that the SEC is superior in the trenches pretty much no matter who they go up against. Michigan has guys on the offensive and especially the defensive line. So Washington really, outside of Dylan Johnson, who is expected to play, as far as I could tell. No way he's 100%. Um, He's got 1,100 rushing yards on the year, 16 touchdowns. No other running back on the team has more than 200 rushing yards. He's also a very good pass-protecting running back. Pro Football Focus had him graded as a 91.1 pass protection grade of any player of the college football playoff, lineman included. If he's not able to go, that's a tremendous blow to – a relatively already one-dimensional offense. It's hard to say one-dimensional when he's got over a thousand yards, but they clearly they want to throw the ball. If Dylan Johnson's not able to go, and you have all these other running backs that have literally no experience, Michigan's going to drop back in coverage and make life extremely difficult for Penix and the guys that Michigan has on the defensive line. I think you don't even need to send pressure. They're still going to get pressure. You don't have to send blitzes. You can rush four and probably still get pressure on Penix. He's mobile enough, but he's not the most fleet of foot. He's not as mobile as Milrow. And what they were able to just do to Milrow, keeping him in the pocket and sacking him six times, uh, won him the football game. So it's just a superior – it would go against pretty much everything 
I already did it once last year. I'm not going to do it again. I, I, I always lean towards the team that's superior in the trenches. That's what Michigan is in this one. Corum, Edwards, uh, I told you if I was putting a player prop, I would bet Orgy on a touchdown. Um, they should be able to just shove it down Washington's throat, and then one sack is going to completely derail a Washington drive. I think the more sustainable option of putting points on the board is if you can run the football. Michigan's going to be able to do that at a far superior level than Washington. And then when you add in the fact that Dylan Johnson's banged up, is he going to play? He's supposed to. We'll see. I'm going to lay the points with Michigan four and a half as well, but this is not like a uh, gigantic play for me or anything. So you probably feel better about it than I do, but I, yeah, I, I would lay more points than this. I just have the, I feel like it's the same. It's not the same exact thing as last year, but it's similar because I think a lot of people, including us, have felt that Washington um, was lucky to get where they were. Yeah, is not as good as the game last week. And that was probably the case with TCU against Michigan. It's just interesting. So it, it's very similar to what I said about Bama. They've showed you time and time again this year where it's like they're not as good as we'd like to think Washington showed us time and time again this year where they were lucky to win. They were lucky to beat Washington state, Arizona state gave them a game, uh, multiple other teams, subpar talent in terms of the uh, subpar schools in terms of talent gave Washington a game and gave them a scare, but they did go ahead and beat Oregon twice, uh, which is impressive. The second time they beat Oregon, the way they did it with running the ball down their throat was impressive, but I don't think that they'll be able to do that against Michigan. So yeah, maybe I'm just gun-shy from last year, and it's like, is it going to happen again? Like, is it going to be the same thing as last year? Or is I, – I just – I have a problem with, like, I can see Penix lighting it up. And, oh, those receivers are the real fucking deal. And and, and then it's it, we're relying on McCarthy to throw, and I was alarmed by his performance. Hopefully – this is definitely a much better opportunity. This is a much worse defense mm-hmm. than what he just faced in Alabama. I do still believe in McCarthy. I just would have liked to see him kind of, like I said earlier, exercise some of those demons from what he did against TCU because he played like dog shit against TCU. But then he came out first fucking play against Alabama. Throw the fucking ball away, dumbass. I don't know what that was, but I was, yeah. like, I was like, oh, well, yeah. well, I was like, oh yeah. we're fucked. We're fucked. First play. Um, I just, uh, yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I'm laying the points with Michigan. We'll see. Are yeah, you, I mean, just a couple... Weeks ago, it was uh, Oregon was nine and a half point favorites against Washington. Yeah, that is true. It's like, were they that far off, or did Washington just overperform? Yeah. Yeah, but then, I mean, we were obviously believers in Texas. We bet them to win the Big 12. We bet them over win total. Um, you had said you would have took them again against Oklahoma. I mean, the score doesn't indicate it. I guess that's where it's it's tough. I, I, well, they had plenty of success running it. It's like yeah. if they don't fumble, maybe they lean on the run more. Yeah, that is true. So Washington played about as well as they could offensively. Yeah. Like they lit they it up. They played perfect. And then Texas really shot themselves in the foot. So it took Washington to play nearly flawless on the offensive side of the ball. And then for Texas to literally fumble away to what would have been touchdown drives. And Texas still... With the exception, if they don't have fucking horrific play calling inside the five-yard line, then maybe it's Texas-Michigan. So, it's a good point. I guess, yeah, the writing is kind of on the wall. Like, Washington's been fortunate to get to where they are. I do think Penix is fucking good. I do think they have weapons on the outside. But when you have that much of an advantage in the trenches as what we think and, and pretty much know Michigan does... If they can do what they did against Alabama, they're going to be able to do that against Washington too. It, like, like you said, it's going to take a heroic effort for Penix to win this game at all, let alone or, or cover the cover the spread at all, let alone win the game outright. Joseph, which side are you going? I'm gonna take Washington. Okay. Yeah. Why is um, that? Pretty much for the same reason. I mean, and it's kind of what you guys are talking about. The same reason I couldn't take Texas last week is that. I mean, he's just shut me up time and time again. They're five and zero outright as an underdog on the season, um, and I'm not saying they're going to win, but I just feel like this game's going to be close within a field goal. Um, so you think Washington's going to have success putting points on the board? Yeah, I do. Okay, I do. I could see them obviously, like y'all just mentioned, uh, 
getting getting beat up on defense in the run game. But I was kind of I was impressed. Like you talked about, yours didn't look that good. I was impressed with uh, Washington secondary. Like they bottled up elite receivers and Worthy, uh, Mitchell. They did good on Sanders, and then the fourth quarter was a little bit different because you know they softened up with a bigger lead. But when they came out of the third quarter, came out in the third quarter and just like shut down Texas offensively. I think they outscored them ten nothing. Uh, I was impressed by that. I mean, I'm still. It, it's scary. Like it's it's a hard one for me because Michigan should be able to run the ball. You saw Texas run the ball, like y'all said. Um, I think they're just gonna have to like completely lean into shutting down the run or at least slowing it down. And I I still wasn't really impressed with McCarthy. Um, I still got to see it from him. And like I said, I was, I was pretty impressed with Washington's secondary. So, um, Okay. Yeah. Penix on offense is, is what does it for me. I keep doubting him. I've doubted him all year, and, and he looks great. I was impressed with his mobility. The couple of draws they called up the middle. Uh, he was He's a better runner than I thought. I think they they should be able to dial some of those up this game and like his mobility in the pocket to move, evade pressure and step up and sling them down the middle. I was I was impressed. So yeah, I I what okay. What are your thoughts? Because I didn't so much think. Well, I thought Texas was just out of sync offensively. I didn't so much feel like Washington secondary shut down the receivers. I felt like Ewers was just off. I felt like Ewers played a really bad game. I felt like the timing was off on a lot. Like, not even just that final drive when Sanders doesn't get his head around. It felt like there was multiple, like, he thought they were going to sit and they fucking went 10 yards further or whatever. Just miscommunications all across the board. Um, like, what are your thoughts on the Washington defense? I, Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're that good. I think, I mean, we watched the USC game. I mean, I just said Texas nearly got five line yards per rush. Yeah, and then... Looking at it, I mean, Texas did have 500 yards of offense, too. So you take away – they lose by six. The two fumbles were – certainly one was going to result in a touchdown. I think the second one was inside the 30-yard line of Washington as well. Um, if Washington does sell out on the run, I kind of like that. I think I, I, I think with McCarthy's mobility on a play action, it'll make life easier for McCarthy. Um, kind of condense the field. Don't make him make fucking that much many decisions. Uh, but I think, I think we could see some busted coverage. Fucking something that the tight ends fucking good. Just just something with with if they're gonna sell it on the run, which they're probably gonna have to. I mean, in in all honesty, um, some misdirection stuff, and you can get people out of out of position. But I mean, we saw them against USC. That was the worst defensive game I've ever seen. We were over here watching it. Mm-hmm. Um. It's definitely conflicting styles, obviously. You've got old school Michigan, old school football wants to run it right down your throat, and then you've got the air raid of Washington with a bunch of guys on the outside, Odunze, Polk, uh, McMillan, I think is the other guy. So it'll be interesting to see what prevails, but it's the old adage that, I mean, what wins championships? So, and if you're, if you, like I said, what they were able to do against Alabama, if They've got NFL caliber guys all across that defensive line. You fuck up the timing of that offense and you're getting in the backfield. And like I said, also Penix is mobile enough, uh, but he's not the most fleet of foot. You can completely derail an offense like that. So it's going to be the battle of the trenches is what's going to decide it for Washington. Washington's offensive line is going to have to play the best game they played all year. So, and if they are able to, and they're able to get Penix time, the receivers will inevitably get open at some point. Um, but that's why you play the game. We got to figure out what's going to happen. So me and Nick are going to take uh, Michigan minus four and a half. Nobody's touching the total. I was about to ask that. Do y'all have a lean on the total? Or? No, I don't. I would lean, I would lean under. over. You're going over? I would lean under as well. I would lean under just from the sense of I, if Michigan, I could see Michigan controlling the clock and fucking grinding it away. Yeah. So nobody's on it though. No, I don't feel strongly about it. Okay. Why do you like the over? I mean, it's 55 and a half. I don't know. I think Michigan can. I think really, it's a good number. Can really crush them. Okay, interesting. I just don't see Penix. I mean, dude, a lot of those throws were on the money. Like we were talking about it earlier, the Texas DBs weren't in bad position. It was just perfect 
perfect throws and good that is good true catches. It's that is like, true there was the one too where texas the db tipped it and it fucking right yeah. over his head so you take that away no yeah okay i mean you're selling me on it a little bit more the more we break it down because it's like everything went washington's way outside of the muff punt literally everything if you take away that muff punt there wasn't a single thing that didn't go their way with the fumbles that touchdown which was huge for the over um and they still were fucking five yards away from losing the game. Mm-hmm. That's what's crazy to me because when you're watching it, you're watching what they're doing offensively. And and do not get me wrong, I've been skeptical about this about this Texas secondary all fucking year. This is a different. This is a step up in in uh, caliber of a secondary that Washington is about to face. But to see all of that and then. They still had a chance to win the fucking game. That's what's crazy to me. So it was kind of the opposite where like everything went against Michigan. It felt like up until Milrow fumbled that ball, which they didn't even get points out of it. But everything was going, the muffed punts, the missed kicks, the missed PAT, the near interception right in the beginning. All of that happens and they still win the game. Everything on the opposite side went Washington's way and they barely won the game. So, yeah, I, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Washington State. Uh, like, all those games are still fucking ingrained in the back of my mind. So, um, that secondary for Washington didn't magically get good overnight. What USC did to him was fucking atrocious. Um, but we'll see what happens. So, again, me and Nick are taking Michigan minus four and a half. Joseph's going to take Washington plus four and a half. And we will, uh, nobody has a a feel on the, the total, so... I guess that'll be the locks of the week. Um, Yeah, so, all right. We look ahead to NFL Week 18, the final week before playoffs begin. We'll recap last week. It was a good week all around. Um, It would have been a great week if I would stop betting either on or against the Saints. We started it off Thursday night. I had the Browns minus seven. Uh, Joe Flacco is just absolutely turning back the clock. So. Looks like uh, a Joe Flacco we've never seen before because he wasn't that good in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, Browns cover the spread easily. Bucks minus two and a half against the Saints. Um, it's just been a weird year for me in terms of being a Saints fan. I've bet on them, don't cover, bet against them, they don't cover. And, and I'm just in a weird spot. So that was my one loss of the week, though. Ravens minus three and a half was my lock of the week. They won by 100. It was never close. The Ravens absolutely dominated. I think they locked up the number one seed in the AFC. Uh, which is good for me. 49ers minus 13 and a half. It was a little closer than I would have liked, uh, but they got the job done in the end and they cover the they cover the number there. Three and one on the week. I told everybody, I said, give me a second. I will turn it around in the NFL. It was looking dark there. We were struggling a lot of a lot of unlucky bounces, much like college football. I said, just just bear with me. Uh and we've we've turned it around. We've righted the wrongs. We're three and one this past week, 46 and 42 overall, nine and eight in my locks of the week. You had your usual three plays. You swept the board. Yeah, I had Jets-Browns over 35-and-a-half on Thursday night. It went over in the first half. The Ravens minus three-and-a-half with you. Um, Ravens took care of business. Yep. And then the Chiefs, the Chiefs minus seven. The defense played well. They were able to run the ball, but passing-wise, they're still struggling, but they were able to win the game by eight. Yeah, you were a little fortunate there down the stretch. It was looking dicey, but... uh. That final, they, they got it done there at the end. So, um, what are your thoughts on Browning? Who? Oh, Jake Browning? Yes. <laughs> I don't have much to say about him. He looked like he was going to be good and then not so yeah. much. So, uh, Played a, for Washington? A fall for grace, if you will. Yep, he did. Who else did that? Oh, yeah, Dobbs. Could be a foreshadowing. Looked like he was going to be good and then not so much. <laughs> um, all right, let's see. What was your record last week? Oh, um, <clears throat> two and two. Okay. I hit my lot, so I'm happy about that. What was it? The Ravens. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Um, and I'm happy I added the 49ers with you guys. Yeah. Uh, which were my only two wins. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jets, Browns, under. I told Nick I, I would take the under so that his over could hit. Um, That's not what you said. Well, something like it's a You started off lines. with you said you bet Jets under. No, no. Uh, <laughs> took one for the team there for sure. Uh, And then Bucks minus two and a half is it. Like you said, it's bullshit with the Saints. 
need to stop betting on them. I don't know why I keep doing it. Yeah. All right, we look ahead. NFL Week 18, the final opportunity to make some money before postseason football rolls around. We do have no Thursday game this week, uh, the first time all year, but we do have two Saturday games, um, and I'm on one of them. I'm going to have a decent-sized card this week, maybe five plays or so. Um, Are either one of y'all on a Saturday game? Um, No. Yeah, I am, but it's my lock. Okay. Um, I am going to go with the Ravens, plus four. I think at home, Steelers, who's playing quarterback, doesn't matter. They have a trio of the same guy. Pickett, Trubisky, Rudolph. It's the same person. It's pretty incredible that they've managed to do it. They clearly have a type. They have a guy that they like to stick with, and they've found every different variation of him. Lamar is not going to be playing in this game. Uh, there's, he said it's up in the air. It, it, he's not touching the fucking field in this game. Don't don't even fall for that trap. Harbaugh's not going to put Lamar out there. But you know who is going to be out there? Tyler Huntley. Pro Bowl quarterback Tyler Huntley. <laughs> the Ravens are going to win this game. Uh, they're certainly going to cover. They might even win it outright. It's not my lock. Don't feel great about it. But um, there's no way I'm passing up four points with the Ravens at home. So I understand. But Tyler Huntley is a Pro Bowl quarterback in this league. So. What is your first one for Sunday? Um, Seahawks, Cardinals. I guess I'm going to go ahead and take the Cardinals here. Coming off the win against the Eagles, I mean, I know maybe it's a letdown spot, but, dude, Seattle struggles to run the ball. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big problem. Um, is this a passion play for you because Kenneth Walker didn't do well in your fantasy football championship? No, he did fine. He got 16 points. Yeah, but he didn't play much in the second half. Yeah, he got them all in the first half. <laughs> I was like, come on, Kenneth Walker. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> um, where is Seattle at in terms of the – well, yeah, they're – They got a win. Okay. Interesting. It's a ballsy move. So you think Carolina – I mean, you think Arizona's going to send win? Seattle packing? They in? I well, think. they definitely have a chance, but I, they need to win. I think it also depends with what Green Bay – happens with green yeah for seattle as well so either one of them whoever wins is in but if but green bay may have the edge if green bay wins they're definitely in yeah seattle needs to win and needs a green bay loss yes i imagine and then then the saints need them both to lose yep yeah and this game's after um is it after green bay's uh let's see it's a 325 kickoff Green Bay it's plays a 325. at the See, they, same they're time. They're, they're timing yeah. it right. They yeah. don't want anybody. Nobody's sitting anybody, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my first play for Sunday is going to be the Saints, minus three. So, um, I'm also going to take the Saints. I'm going to go out on my shield, but I'm going to be on the right side of the team I grew up um, putting my heart and soul into. Derek Carr came out and said he will restructure his contract if need be, if that's what it takes to keep Marshawn Lattimore around. Thanks, Derek. Why don't you just fucking throw touchdowns and tell your fucking family to shut up on Twitter? Uh, But, yeah, I will take the Saints, minus three. And I will take the Buccaneers, minus four and a half. One way or the other. Um... One of one of them are this is that this is almost a hedge, if you will. Zero chance neither one uh get the job done here. So I'm gonna take the Saints, but I'm gonna go I'm gonna take the Panthers. This is just maybe it's a hopeful play, but I don't know. I'm trying to think of who's gonna spoil who. I don't know. The Panthers can suck, but Yeah, the Panthers suck bad. <laughs> I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take a shot. Crazy move. What are your what's your next one for Sunday? I'm gonna take the Jaguars, minus five and a half going on the road to play Tennessee. Is Jacksonville it? wins the game. They're in the playoffs. If they lose, the winner of Texans Colts will claim the division. Yeah, and we have the Jaguars to win the division. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, need it, need it back. Lawrence is back. He's practicing. Jaguars are one and four in their uh, last five games. So that's not good. But yeah, they they need it. Trevor Lawrence stinks. He's got nineteen touchdowns, twelve interceptions. When are we going to start having the, not saying that they're not going to cover this game, but when are we going to start having the conversation? If he comes out and shits the bed this week and they miss the playoffs, are we going to talk about Trevor Lawrence being a bum? They'll be talking about Trevor Lawrence in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when Jacksonville makes their fucking run. All right. What is your next one for Sunday, Joseph? Um, I'm going to take the Cowboys. 
Okay. Minus 13 and a half. They win. They clinch the division. Uh, this is the perfect game for them to dominate against the terrible commanders. So They would need the Eagles to lose, though, right? No. They control the division. If they win, they, they lock it up. Oh, that's good. That's fantastic for me, actually. I'm in a very uh, a very interesting situation. I, I've done it again where I found another team, a midseason futures bet, and all they've done is win, specifically the Ravens. Since I bet the Ravens midseason, they have not lost a game. They've gone from 10 to 1 odds. I think one bet I have is even 11 to 1, but we'll call it 10 to 1 odds uh, all the way down to plus 350. Would you call that a good bet? Um, yeah. <laughs> All right, my next one, I'm going to do it. Um, Sunday night, the final game, I'm going to take the points with the Bills. Not take the points. I'm going to lay the points with the Bills. Minus three. The Bills with a win. So, wait, this is a problem, though, because they are going to know their destiny, right? Yes, they will. What do they need again? I know winner clinches, obviously. Um, so if they win, they clinch. Yeah, but but there's some other shit with um, like with Houston, Jacksonville, and uh, Indianapolis, I believe, and all those games are before. Yeah, there's. I'm pretty sure those three games uh, can also help them okay. or hurt them. Okay. Um. Because all three of those teams are nine and seven, and the Bills are ten and six. So if they lose, all right. So if teams. they win, they win the AFC East and clinch the number two seed. Yeah. If they lose, and the Steelers win, they're out of the playoffs. Steelers, okay. And the Titans may have to win as well. I don't know. When you get the two seed, you clinch the division. Oh, for a team that has floundered down the stretch. If Josh Allen, and, but they've turned it around. I say down the stretch. Floundered midseason and then have turned it on down the stretch. If Josh Allen is who everybody wants him to be, now is the game you go out and you light it up. They've been able to establish the run with James Cook. They've found a new, a new, I, I guess, persona for their offense or whatever. Um I'm going to lay the three points on the road with the Bills. I've been feeling like the Dolphins are fraudulent, that defense especially. They just got 56 points hung on them by the by the Ravens. I'm going to lay the points with the Bills. I'm going to I'm going to lay the three. Are you on it? Uh no, I'm just going to stay away from it. So you think it's a bad bet? No. I just go with three. Yeah. Then I'm going to bet all the playoff games. Every single one. We did that last year, yeah. didn't we? Okay. Um. All right. So just locks left. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All righty. It's a lock, Kramer. You've had this thing under control for almost three years now, but it's a lock. They need that fucking juice. They need that next bet. They need. Come on. Come on. Yes! When they win, they go fucking crazy. Yeah, I'm on it as well. I'm going with the Saints minus three. As your lock? Yeah. <laughs> at home in the dome against the Falcons. I bet on the Saints against the Falcons in Atlanta. And we uh sucked. We didn't score a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> but we should have. Um well, misfortune Derek Carr, in that Derek game. Derek Carr did throw a touchdown in that game though. Did he really? So yeah, to defense. Jesse Bates. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, that there was that. We were about to score there, and then we were about to score, and Taysom Hill fumbled the ball. We think we lost by nine, but... Um, we think? I don't know when's the last time the Saints lost to the Falcons twice. Who's it we was, think we lost by nine? The voices in your head? Yeah. <laughs> Me and my fucking crazy guy. <laughs> So it's a guy in your head. Yeah, I mean, I don't pick all these games. <laughs> all righty. Um, all right, for my lock of the week, and I'm interested to see, or I'm, I'm curious that nobody else is on it. And possibly the final game of the Bill Belichick era, the Patriots are one-and-a-half-point favorites against one of his former teams, the Jets, and I'm going to lay the points. 
with the Patriots. Bill Belichick might be on the outs. If this is the end of one of probably the greatest era in the history of sports, so be it. But he's not going out with a loss against the Jets. If it's Zach Wilson, he fucking torments Zach Wilson. If it's Trevor Simeon, who gives a shit? It doesn't matter who it is. I'm laying the points with the Patriots. Minus one and a half is my lock of the week. Bill Belichick's going to go out on a high note. I hope. All right, Joseph, what is your lock of the week? Texans Colts over 47 and a half. Winning you're in here. Stroud's back from injury. Played well last week. Minshew's playing well as well. Colts ranking 25th in the NFL, giving up 350 yards a game. So I think Stroud and this offense should be able to move the ball. Put up points, but um, defensively, the Texans' run defense has been pretty good. I didn't realize this, but they're third in the NFL, giving up only 88 yards per game. I think Minshew and the Colts' offense will have to air it out. So I see a lot of points in this one. I like the over 47.5. All righty. There you go. That is our best bets of the week uh, for the NFL. We'll recap them real quick. I am taking the Ravens plus four on Saturday. I'm going to lay the three points with the Saints. Give me the Bucks minus four and a half. The Bills minus three. Josh Allen, it's now or never. And the Patriots minus one and a half is my lock of the week. Bill Belichick will go out on a high note again, I hope. Okay, I'm on the Saints minus three for the lock of the week. The Cardinals plus two and a half. And then the Jacksonville Jaguars minus five and a half. Okay. Take the Panthers plus five and a half, the Saints minus three, the Cowboys minus 13 and a half, and for my lock of the week, Texans Colts over 47 and a half. All righty, there you go. Our best bets of the week for the national championship game as well as NFL week 18. That is episode 178. Do you have anything to say before we go? Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Happy New Year. All right, guys. Again, Thank you to everybody that takes the time to listen. This is the final college football episode of the year. We're going to try to end it on a high note with the national championship, but it's been a wild ride. It's been a very, not very, but a profitable season, a fun season. Um, It always is. We'll still be back next week to do our usual NFL plays um, like normal, but the episodes will be a little bit shorter with no college football. Obviously, if you're only a college football better and you and we're not going to see you again until August or so. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to us. Um, Again, hit that subscribe button if y'all are feeling generous, but we hope you enjoyed the listen. We hope you made some money along the way, Uh, and we're not done, though. We got the NFL coming up. We will bet every game of the NFL postseason. But that is episode 178. Y'all have a good one. Who dat, I guess. Play long enough, you never change the stakes. The house takes you, unless... Perfect hand comes along, you bet big, and then you take the house. I've been practicing this because a little bit that I rushed. It felt like I rushed. That was good. I liked it.